well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Emma, that's compliance. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing, too. Welcome back to The Underground. This is episode 46. I am once again joined by... Wild West Pimp Style. Himself, Joseph Nations. <laughs> Emphasis on the Wild West Pimp. <laughs> no, uh, I've been meaning to get that one for a while, and I just I finally I wasn't did it. expecting that. <laughs> We don't talk about this stuff. No, uh, it makes it hand. better. It makes it better. Yes. For those of you that don't know, like, and we try really hard not to, at the very least, if we're talking during the week, not talk about the show. Anything that has to do with the show. Because it takes away from, the, I think, the authenticity of us discussing the stuff because we've already mm-hmm. done it once. And so then I'm just trying to be like, okay, well, what were the points that we had talked about last Wednesday or whatever the case may be? Anyway, Joseph, how are you? I am well. Uh, this weekend wasn't wasn't too shabby. Yesterday, well, Saturday night I didn't go to sleep till like really. I couldn't go to sleep until like three a.m. And so Sunday was just spent trying to recuperate from not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, man. Well, once you hit thirty, yeah. it goes downhill, people. Yeah, I've, um, I've been uh, feeling. Uh, I've been getting plenty of sleep, but I I I think it's like end of the year. We're moving into, you know, uh, colder weather and my yeah. body has just been like dying on me a little more. Um, yeah, but I you're feel right. you on that. So I uh, not too bad, though. I played Mountain Blade yesterday and then uh, and if anyone who's ever played Mountain Blade, there's like no instructions on how to play the game. <laughs> and it's a difficult, difficult game to play. And so today uh, I was kind of like, as I was working and stuff like that, listening to videos um, on how to play, and I'm like, oh, okay, all of this would have been helpful prior to. to. <laughs> yep. So now I got to start yep. completely back over because yep. I've already just screwed myself over. <laughs> but uh, are but you? Yeah. Are you what gonna, about you, man? Are you gonna? I, well, we might talk about this a little bit in the next episode. Are you gonna play some Halo with me now that the multiplayer's out? Mm. You gotta get I'm that game. You gotta get. You gotta get that Game Pass, bro. I got Game Pass. I oh, downloaded it's on? everything. Oh, you got. Yeah, ga- you I have told game you. Pass? I said that's why I wanted to stream yesterday because oh. I got back for blood. I downloaded it all. I was. Oh well, it's on Game Pass. Ready to go, but you said no, no, we're I'm playing, being we're, too much of a baby today. We're, we're playing. I'm not gonna stream. <laughs> we're we're definitely playing Halo. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna make you play Halo. We can play. Oh, Black. I we hate can... Halo. Why? But I'll play it. Huh? It's not. Well, in Halo's defense, I haven't played it since. The two times I tried to in middle school, and oh, I was right. like, actually, more than that. Wait, more than that, but every time I played it, I just yeah, didn't like it. You'll like it. You'll have fun. It's but is be this good. the original one? It's for the content. No, it's Halo Infinite. It's the new one. Halo Infinite. Oh, the yeah, new yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. We'll do it. We can play it. It has like sprinting and all those like modern conveniences that you're uh, you're more accustomed to. 
Yeah, so. those Halo jumps back when uh, mm. people were jumping up and down playing. Bro, I'm man, I, I'm I'm stoked to get into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you play. I'll play. It's gonna you. it's gonna be good. All right, uh, shill for us, and then let's let's get into our topics. Yeah. So if you've been listening to us thus far, we appreciate you very much. Uh, you can go to our show notes, and from there you'll see the link to direct me, and it has our social media content on there, all the, all the links that you need, it's there. Yep. And so, uh, basically what we utilize on our podcast is a value for value system. And what that means is if you think you're getting any value from us, then you can give us that value in return in the form of your time, your talent and your treasure treasure. You will find at the direct me link, our PayPal, uh, link. So you can donate there. If you have any, as far as with what time and talent would mean, right now i know we really need someone who can help us with video and audio editing if you want to do artwork for uh our podcast just in general even our youtube page and odyssey page that'd be appreciated so you can do that you can also any clips news clips that you find funny anything with entertainment which is a a wide spectrum uh you can send to us and if we find it interesting we'll put it on our on the podcast and just mm-hmm. any other time and talent you can think of that you think is is awesome just send it to us you'll find our social media accounts and our email uh, in the direct me link to where you can communicate with us also like subscribe and click the notification bell on youtube and on odyssey and just engage with us we really appreciate everyone who has been engaging we have a couple of faithful followers uh, very but, yes and we've uh, we've definitely picked up a few more people this week um, yep. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, and feel the f- other thing I wanted to say to David, I meant to add, was if no matter what you do with your time, your talent, or treasure, mm-hmm. uh, the best thing that you can do is to share our podcast on social media. It helps yep. us with our reach. You can share the link of our podcast. You can share our YouTube or Odyssey page on social media. And then the next best thing that you can do is to download the web episodes each week. I almost said web episodes like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I, messed, I, I stumbled over something last in one of the episodes last week. Uh, I think I said episodes weird or something like that. Uh, it's fine. It happens. And so it just <laughs> helps us to gauge exactly how many people are listening yep. and speaking of which on our next pod, I guess we can say do a little uh this is a little pat ourselves on the back type deal is our mm-hmm. last video we posted on youtube got 205 views isn't that right david as of right now 205 views got us about five subscriptions give or take um the analytics for it were impressive, especially for us having such a small channel. So if you're listening to this and you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please go do that. Uh, mostly because it, so here, I'll, this will be my little, like my little, uh, spiel and then we'll get into the show. Um, YouTube's pretty important for us right now because most of what we're putting on there is entertainment based. And we do that because it's an easier entry point for a lot of people who aren't either interested in the kind of subjects we talk about on the Tuesday episode. Um, it gets a little heavy and uh, not everybody's really into that stuff. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to kind of go and be honest about like the entertainment industry and the things that we see in that and why Eternals is a terrible movie, no matter what all of the TikTok shills say. Um, 
Dude, this that is... clip you sent me on Twitter. I'm sorry, that clip oh, no. you sent me on Twitter uh, about uh, that TikTok video, not in reference to Eternals. It was talking about something else. And oh, yeah, it was a Joe Rogan clip from SNL. And I said, this is still better than Eternals because it's only 43 seconds long. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, there's a lot of that stuff going on and uh, that stuff going on in just these different industries right now. And um Mm-hmm. Man, I'm 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 over it. I'm I'm so over this. It's so funny too that uh, I've had a couple people that I've explained sort of my stance on where Marvel is currently in this whole phase four and where they're going moving forward. And you yeah. really have to slowly move them in, like kind of like slowly be like, hey, you never notice that you know the morality behind a lot of these characters ever since the uh, the end of Endgame is just mm-hmm. kind of weird and the writing seems off and ever you know uh, that when people say like oh well the visuals are really good in this movie it's like well yeah it's a 200 million dollar movie the visuals better be pretty good uh even if i disagree on that point it's like but that's also not what makes a good movie nope it's kind of like there's a there's a base foundation that you should have if you have a 200 million dollar budget yep of a certain quality right yep Yep. and so yeah that should be uh, i don't think people realize that and so that's why we're doing the entertainment stuff on youtube right now Mm -hmm. is so that we can get people in and then once they hear our tuesday episodes they can hate us and stop listening to us (laughs) and uh yeah yeah well sometimes i i wonder because i i i'm waiting for the day that someone kind of like finds our our current content the more entertainment stuff and then they scroll down and they see they see stuff (laughs) <laughs> that's like down there or whatever and they're like uh who are these guys i know but i'm we hoping just make everyone mad republicans and democrats yeah. so oh man i'm yeah i love it my my new catchphrase a lot of the time is that's not an argument <laughs> it's like what I'm, I'm like you didn't argue anything there <laughs> if you hear me look off to the side my dog is apparently trying to cough up a, a lung oh, says Anyway, uh, that's a long spiel to say, hey, go to YouTube, subscribe, and if you are subscribed, like everything and leave a comment on everything because it helps with the algorithm, even though it's dumb, I understand, um, it doesn't make sense, but that is just the way that the system works, it's how we get recommended more. Um, pretty much any interaction you do with um, with our content, even if you're, you're downloading the episode, I'm almost convinced at this point that that is helping us with... Um, getting our show seen better on different uh, apps. Uh, like if you type in the underground on iTunes now, uh, we're one of the first shows that comes up. And I don't think it was Ooh. always that way. No, it was um, not. I found that out uh, on the podcast app is what I'm saying. I found that out on Sunday because someone asked me about it. And so I just went in and, and, and typed, or he typed in the underground on the search thing for um, Apple's uh, podcast uh, stuff or whatever. And we were like one of the first things that popped up. And I was like, oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And okay, And I'm convinced that that's because people have been downloading and interacting with the podcast. Um, You know what it was is everybody's been singing the song that's been going around from episode 42. LGB. It's a big that was a big one. Um, The uh, the uh, the Eternals episode that I, I named it after the Eternals has also been doing really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much for doing that stuff. Don't forget to download, uh, and let's jump into it because we're already David, 10 minutes in. <laughs> you forgot to let me know, let the audience know. Uh, I, I can, I know for sure that Bella is safe from Fauci, but is Ender? He's safe.
Still he's, safe he's from taking Fauci. a nap. <laughs> Still safe. He's safe for other reasons in this house, but uh, you know, wanna, don't want to get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't yeah, mention right. those things. I'm not the uh, the prosecutor in the the Rittenhouse trial, so I, I'm not allowed to to. Or your, yeah. yeah, I'm also not Alec Baldwin. So, yeah. Whoops. Oh, dude. Okay, so uh, other people may not laugh at this, but someone sent me a meme of the prosecutor in the Kyle Rittenhouse saying, case saying, hey, I want to call an expert gun witness to the stand, and then the next picture is a picture of Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, dude. I know. It's like... I, it's an unfortunate event, man. We, I feel yeah, bad for him. We, have, we just have to have that kind of like dark sense of humor with things because everything is so heavy nowadays. Yes. Uh, if, if I can't laugh at people's like dark humor i i don't know i it just makes everything a little more miserable speaking of dark humor um uh we're we got to get into our first clip yes uh this is oh boy. Uh, um I, I don't know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play this um this is uh a joke just to clarify for for people but uh this is something I was first uh, turned on to by No Agenda, and I was like, well, we're stealing this for the show, so uh, here we go. I forgot about this. Oh, and of course Speed. I didn't unmute it, because I'm a dum-dum. Here we go. Hey there! Are you hesitant to get the vaccine? Yeah! Then get the brand new government-approved Vaccinate Me Elmo doll. Wow! Elmo loves experimental with the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your kid will finally feel the pressure and shame we've successfully made you feel to get the COVID vaccine. Quick, give me the vaccine! Elmo don't want to be responsible for the deaths of friends or family! Thanks! Ha! <laughs> now Elmo's a good person! The Vaccinate Me Elmo doll comes with a toy syringe, a stethoscope... Elmo, your heart is beating fast. Are you having complications? Of course not! and a tiny vial of something. It's not the vaccine, promise. It's, uh, water. Let your kid drink it. Elmo, can't you take your mask off now? No! Gotta keep that mask on forever! That feels like mixed messaging. With the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your child will be begging you to get the vaccine, just scared out of their little mind for the fate of the world, or your money back. It's your turn. Time to get the vaccine. <laughs> you want to. Sorry, you have anti-science conspiracy believing parents by the re-released classic Tickle Me Elmo. That. It's perfectly normal. <laughs> now this is fun. <laughs> Get the vaccine or die. <laughs> Buy the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll today. It's required by the CDC. There's only one thing they missed with that. And that's the Australia government busting in to save the child for Oh man, you're muted. Am I? Hello. Yeah, you're good you now? now. Okay. I just I I thought in I... saying like this is child protective services. Well, it's like it's like that uh, the meme, the FBI meme, where they're like they bust down the walls or whatever. Um, I have a clip of that. I need to send that to you. I haven't seen that. Uh, vaccinate me, Elmo doll 
or if I have, no, because it was just it just came out on the twelfth, right? The video. Yeah. Yeah. So by the way, yeah. that was okay. Ba- so yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So yeah, that was Babylon. That's B. hilarious. Um, I the link to that video is in the show notes. Go uh, go show them some support. I honestly, dude, I think some of their video content is starting to rival their uh, the stuff that they're posting on social media. Um, they Dude, so good. Yeah, they they went through like this rough patch where I was like, oh no, they've basically just been like, we're Republicans, so we're gonna make Republican jokes. And then yeah. slowly, I think they realized, like, they started to catch on to like what was really funny, and that it couldn't just be like, hey, we're gonna pick on Democrats, pick on Democrats. Yeah, because it's like, oh, there's enough of that. Uh, and the fact it's kind of like picking on Joel Osteen, the prosperity gospel people are funny, but it's also nice to pick on John MacArthur and John Piper uh-huh, and exactly. Paul Washer. Yeah, because um, they, you know, that f- the first one that I ever remember was the one where they talked about elevation having that water slide for baptism, uh, <laughs> and that that was always that was really good. So, all right, well, we're uh, we're not exactly done in the world of Muppets puppets. Um, Oh yeah, my favorite SNL. Yeah, but things that are significantly less funny. Yes. Um, I I'm sure someone thought this was funny. I don't. It's that bubble. I yeah that that bubble it 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 must be. So this was a a skit that was recently done um, on SNL, and I was just gonna play this real quick quick, and then we can comment on it and move on. But uh, anyway. <laughs> And laughter. Yay! I used to host Fear Factor, and now doctors fear me. Well, that's right. I used to host Fear Factor, and now doctors fear me. Can you help me, Joe? Oh, sure thing, Big Bird. You see, I took Carlos Mencia down. I could take COVID. Here's some zinc. An ayahuasca and some horse medicine. Well, why would a bird take horse medicine? I'm a human, and I took horse medicine. And I'm speaking of things that uh, are horse-like. Today's two sponsors are the letters S and D, as in I can S my own D. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so... Not even that funny, dude. It's not funny, and it's like it's one of those things where like you can tell. It, it's two things. It, it's either that they essentially are a branch of the corporate press. You Which know what are. I mean? What they they are for sure. Uh, and it's not just that. It's like he. You can tell the maliciousness behind that, like last joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this isn't this isn't funny. This is not the kind of stuff that. It's not good humor. And obviously, we're not comedians, but I saw a lot of people who... Obviously, people like Joe. Um, it, it, the main problem is is a complete misrepresentation. Uh, yeah, of course. What he, you know, what he was saying, because it's, it's, whole, it's like, yeah, yeah, penicillin is dog medicine. My dog, Bella, has taken uh, well, Benadryl, too, and I've taken Benadryl, so I guess I'm taking dog medication right, or with it's horse like, hydration. Yeah, the, ho- the the dog hydration thing that you were talking yeah. about last week, it's like just because both humans and dogs drink water does not mean... Uh, anyway, so it's, it's just yeah. one of those things that it's like, oh, okay, so we all know that... Uh, okay, so 
the way that it was explained a while back, and I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but Rogan gets like seven million downloads an episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone probably like, more now. Yeah, he is. He's massive. He's getting more of a viewership than Saturday Night Live is for sure. And we're talking and CNN like is. yeah, that he releases an episode like five days a week, and he's getting each one of those. He's getting more views than uh, CNN and SNL and all of these other uh, corporate People. press type. Yep. Yeah, type companies. And uh, they're on here just like talking about the horse medicine lie again because it's the exact same thing. And you're just like, this isn't funny. Repurpose you don't, it. And, and it's funny, man, because it, it reminds me of the latest, uh, well, latest. It was a, a while back, but uh, South Park put out like a special that was like their vaccination special or whatever. And it was terrible. It, it, it The way that this SNL skit is oh, out of yeah. touch. yeah. That and I may I have talked. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show, but that essence, that South Park episode or the special that they did, felt so out of touch. Like they have no idea what's going on in popular culture anymore, and and so they're like making jokes about old people standing in line and it being a party inside the CVS because they're all getting like vaccinated or whatever. And then mm-hmm. Cartman's like a conspiracy theorist, I guess. And it's just like this is not, this isn't funny, yeah. you know, South Park used to make me laugh at like even my own personal beliefs like they'd be making fun fun of stuff that I would take seriously and I'd still be laughing because it was funny and now it's just like oh I was like you guys don't really you're not paying attention anymore are you like it's you that don't bubble know. man you yeah. surround yourself with people and then you know when they first started off they weren't in the I don't know if you want to say in bubble or whatnot they were on the outside so they were able to make fun of of everyone mm-hmm. and now they've come closer to the end circle their views are more mainstream now so they're not and by or, or corporatized i should say now sure so it's not in line with the rest of reality but yeah. this also just goes to show to i think part of it is just that stark divide right now between um in the country and i because i don't want to say between the left and the right so i don't think that's fair so no. there's a lot of people who uh from the left who are on the other side yeah so and people are tired of it it's just like oh okay you're still doing this like you know you don't they legitimately you're right i don't think they see reality for what it really is and because they're not tapped into really what it comes down to is like they're not tapped into like popular internet culture Mm -hmm. uh, or things that are kind of making its way because it moves so fast you know what i mean it's like I'm even surprised the let's go Brandon thing has lasted as long as it has, because usually you get these memes, you get these jokes, um, these things that are in, you know, popular for it's like among us. You remember that was like super mm-hmm. big last year and no yes. one's talking about it anymore. It lasted for like six months, which was great. It was a great like kind of story about this, these indie devs who never thought that would blow up. Um, but everyone was bored in their houses last year and, you know, came across that and it was a way for everybody to, to kind of like connect, um, with their friends mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they're, they're just not there. And so there's no way for them to know exactly. It's like, oh, they're like, Joe Rogan is popular. Let's make fun of Joe Rogan. And it's just like, it didn't work because they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand how to make that funny. Uh, it's just kind of sad. Anyway, speaking of other sad situations, I mean, you could, borderline call this scary if you wanted to um let me let me play this clip about what's going on in uh austria right now 
Um, and I'll let everyone, while this clip, this 20-second clip is going on, consider who else we know from Austria. And Europe again. I'm terrible. Sorry, guys, it's going to be going on the whole time. With infections surging in Europe again, Austria today took a drastic measure and imposed a nationwide lockdown on unvaccinated citizens. The restrictions sparked protests in Vienna. People without shots can only leave home for work or to buy food. If they leave, they face fines. Yeah, peasants. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Go back in your village. In your homes and you know, stay in there, or we'll put you lock in the dungeon. It, it's it's such an interesting thing to think that, and it's that Austria, who is probably most famous for birthing Auschwitz, Hitler, <laughs> uh. is starting to. It's like oh, okay, we're we're doing this now. We're uh, we're separating people into this uh, medical class system yeah right uh i don't know i mean like we don't have a whole lot of other information other than allegedly they're thinking about putting a curfew in for everyone so even if you are and i'm just kind of like why does it feel like a lot of these european countries are regressing to like the 1940s or, or in late yeah, 1930s I know. Um, so i know that I know that Auschwitz was in, uh, what is it? Is it in, it's in Poland, mm -hmm. um, uh, not Germany, but yeah, in Austria starting, you know, that uh, Franz Ferdinand from Austria, I think that's who it was, uh, getting shot and starting World War One, and then all the crap that went down in World War Two with Nazi Germany and uh Germany reunifying with Austria because they had lost Austria uh, after World War One due to the Treaty of Versailles, and so then they go and uh, imprison people who shouldn't have been imprisoned yeah. or uh, created a, a second class, and that's what's happening here. Is it first starts off as the dehumanization, create a second class, and then it's going to keep getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's from Austria as well, correct? Yes. Do you remember when he said recently, screw your freedoms? I was just about screw to bring that up. freedoms. I wish I had had that. I just, sorry guys, didn't think ahead. I'll probably make that the op the opening ISO. Hey, every person who I know that is trustworthy and cares about other people always says to screw other people's freedoms. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. Especially like multimillionaires who, mm -hmm. uh, you know, made all of that money based on the freedom that he had to be here. Yeah. <laughs> If through capitalism <laughs> exactly uh yeah so we'll uh we'll probably keep people updated on that i mean there's been protest you're not going to see it generally anywhere in the corporate press but there's been protests massive protests going on all like all over the world all um, over the world it's absolutely crazy yeah. and i've just been waiting for one to happen here where i'm at because i've been thinking about actually joining one david yeah, it would be great. I don't I don't think any of the protests in Asheville would necessarily be something that I would go and join because generally the people who protest around here are not people that I agree with uh, yep. at all. On I'm interested in just this about anything. Uh, next clip, speaking of not agreeing, um, yeah. the guy oh. who was ahead of the uh, Torture Beagles Fund um, and Monkeys, 
So, uh, yeah. So Francis Collins is back on the show. Um, I, I don't know. I feel I don't feel bad about it, but it's really funny because it, it sort of feels like I'm just trying to take this dude down. <laughs> and it, my okay, there's just a lot of questions. There, you know? and, and that's the biggest thing is that uh, all I'm doing is going, hey, um, are you guys aware that this this guy that you've propped up is doing all these different things? Uh, and I don't think people are. And I think or, that or is at least over the organizations that are doing this thing. And if he's not aware of it, it shows in what's the word I'm looking for here. Gross incompetence. Yes. And I just don't think that's the case. I don't think anyone I don't think unless they, they you would have to have some pretty hard evidence to make me believe that he was just that incompetent about what was going on underneath him. Yeah, um, that because that stuff's pre- there, there are organizations that are set up to uh, rescue the, the beagles. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's at least somewhat well known. So I'm just yep. like, mm. and so this will be interesting. I actually think this clip and what he's talking about may give a, a little more insight, not only into how he feels about human life, but also how he feels about um, animals and just that stuff in general. So um, this was an interview he did. How do you because you've been very vocal about your faith. So how do you deal with issues of your faith while at the same time dealing with issues that may run counterintuitive to your faith, if that makes sense? Like, for example, the fetal tissue research and, and other research issues. How do you? Hang on. I want to stop for just a second so that people know, because like wor- words are important a lot of the time in this. He said counterintuitive. Which was a very interesting way of phrasing that. Mm-hmm. It's counterintuitive to your faith, not counter to your faith. And I'm just kind of like, well, that's an interesting way of phrasing that question. This question. Yeah. Yep. I thought so too. How do you deal with that? Actually, though, when you get into the details of a particular issue, it often turns out that the conflict that people would assume must be just insurmountable can, in fact, be put into a place where it makes sense, both as a person of faith who believes in the sanctity of human life and a person of science who's trying to come up with ways that science can save lives. Human fetal tissue is just one of those examples. And this is not an easy conversation for people to have because it's just got that sense to like oh gosh you don't want to go there but recognize after all that people are having uh, elective terminations of pregnancy every day and those materials are being discarded if it was possible on a very rare instance for something that's about to be discarded with full consent after the decision uh, by the mother to be used to develop something that might save somebody's life. I think even God could look at that and go, okay, it's not the thing that I would have wanted to see happening. But as an ethical choice between discarding or using for some benevolent purpose, maybe that's defensible. After all, why not? Why shouldn't I? Profit from someone else's barbaric sin. Now, that will make some people really uneasy. It took me a long time to get to the point of being able to put that forward and feel like I think I can defend that as a believer. But it is possible in those circumstances to get past the initial reaction of, oh, no, uh, to thinking about, okay, ethics deliberations are often not as simple as they first seem. How could we work this through? 
And do you use prayer in helping you getting getting there? If that's is that a fair question to ask you? Absolutely. It's a total a fair, fair question, question to ask, question. and it's absolutely the case uh, when I'm up against one of these difficult situations. I get up every morning at 5 a.m., sometimes 4.30, and I try to get my day started right with prayer and reading some scripture, and especially in one of these dilemmas, uh, that's really where I seek to try to get guidance. God doesn't audibly speak to me. I always sort of hope that would happen so far. I know, so far I know, it hasn't, man, yes. <laughs> You too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but still, there's something about being deeply in prayer about an issue, especially if you sort of tie it into God's word, uh, where sometimes things that were really cloudy uh, start to get more clear. And I, mm. I count on that. And I'm really grateful when it happens. Gotcha. How can I frame it in a way? to something did you did you catch the uh thing at the end where he says like framing prayer hang on let me go just let me play this real quick because okay go ahead i want to make i don't want to mince his words uh that's really where i seek to try to get guidance god doesn't audibly speak to me i always sort of hope that would happen i know i know there's something about being deeply in prayer about an issue, especially if you sort of tie it into God's word. Uh, okay, that. Deep in prayer, tying it in. Maybe he's maybe he's mincing his words and I'm being uh, a too critical. I think he's probably just mincing his words. But it sounds very weird to separate those Praying two things. Praying in God's word. Yeah, as yeah, if like... It does. You know, I... I think maybe again, he's again. That's where you could question: Is he talking about praying specifically God's word, like using a psalm or using parts of the Bible, um, which you know we all do? But uh, the it's, it's almost like well, sometimes the way he made it sound is like sometimes when I pray, it doesn't have anything to do with scripture, yeah. and you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, I, no, question. but hey, yeah, go ahead. First question is, what's this cisgender male doing speaking on abortion? He doesn't have a right to any opinion. This is a woman issue, David. Uh, <laughs> so first things first, get get it right. Get the agenda <laughs> right for YouTube. Second thing, uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, to frame this in a way to get people to understand is the only thing I go back to when I think about abortion is slavery, right? And so he's making the argument do we use what was done in evil for good? Mm -hmm. Don't do evil so that good may come. Okay. Well, what if it's not yeah. you who does the evil? What if it's someone else who does the evil and then you use that to make it to, to do something good with it? There's probably some kind of similar argument you could make then that people have made with slavery. Let me rephrase that. People have made, made that argument in the past with slavery, like, you know, in their own twisted mind, you know, using it, uh, to produce something good. Disagree with both. Right. Yeah. We both do. Yeah. And so, uh, it, it's strange, you know, I think it goes back to be careful who you prop up in your own life. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Regardless of well, whether Francis Collins should be, Dr. Francis Collins should be 
uh, propped up or not by Big Eva or anything like that. Um, you know, by a lot, when it comes to biology and chemistry and everything else, there's a reason why he got to the point of being the head of the Human Genome Project. He's and, probably a very smart and, man, yeah. And the government, yeah. But again, just because he's a very smart man doesn't mean that he's right about everything. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. that he's right here. Mm-hmm. And he can't even, you know, he says elective ter- termination. I know what he's meaning there by saying that is that there are certain cases with abortion to to where you have to terminate the pregnancy, but it's not that you want to. It's because the baby is already dead or mm-hmm. because if the baby is born, the mother's 100% going to die and there's probably like a 99% chance that the baby's going to die, whatever, right? There's a bunch of cases out there to where, you know, you have a ectopic pregnancy or, you know, whatever right, reason, we, yeah. you have to terminate the, the, the baby. And so it's not... But that's not really what it, he's not. They try not to use a term uh, abortion in those scenarios, I believe. Uh, and so, uh, you know, him saying elective <laughs> termination makes it sound like he's not referring to abortion, but he's directly referring to right. Abortion. And they, it's this is what's so weird about this whole interview is that there seems to be. It's why I'm kind of like curious about his phrasing with things because mm-hmm. then he's really smart. Um, and I understand people like slip up and, you know, you, you say things kind of like incorrectly. And if you were to ask him about it, maybe he would, you know, uh, be like, no, that's not what I was meaning mm-hmm. to say. Like, let me clarify, um, which is something, by the way, that should happen in interviews. Uh, I don't care if you work for like a Christian publication or whatever. If someone says something, it's like there should be certain things that you go. Uh, sorry, can you clarify that? Like, what do you mean by this? Because it sounds yep. like you're saying this and I might just be mishearing. And this is the problem is that everything has this like weird decorum of the person who is interviewing can't uh, like kind of question uh, who, one of the guys, the person who's being interviewed. One of the in crowd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It it's seems- not just the person being interviewed. It's more so I notice it with people who are in the the group you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah they're in the click which is why we exist because i will question everything and i i know it drives some people crazy but it's like this is the kind of stuff that has to be answered you can't i, I don't think it's pro- like it's right for uh christians to just go well my pastor propped this person up um he i trust my pastor i'll Dude, just take him at his word especially in the reform community that's a, a real reform theology that's a problem because yeah. people take uh, solar scriptura to mean solo pastora. Yeah. So anything your pastor say says is yeah. equivalent to scripture. It happens and everywhere. Like, it and definitely like does happen everywhere. Just that obviously with our group, you know. Um, and the only, the only other thing I wanted to add, cause I kind of thought this was interesting. It was one of the first thoughts that came to mind, uh, when I watched that clip, uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, it's very interesting that he claims and I'll take him at his word that he both he gets up early and both prays and reads scripture right Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because it kind of shows that it's not enough just to do that Mm. you know what i mean it's it's like a oh well because he and i'm 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 taking him at his word right that that's what he does he gets up early he does that that he has good intentions behind what he's doing with that it's like all right dude but you work for an organization that is completely fine with abortion and tortures dogs yep and there's there and seems a, to be no remorse. There seems to be no remorse from him in any way, or calling it out or mm-hmm. anything like that. And or trying I think, to change you know, it. Following Christ is costly, so I imagine the reason, one of the reasons why he probably hasn't done that, if he is a Christian, um, 
is because he has relationships with people. Yeah. And it's like, again, following Christ, not to be, not that you go out of your way to be a jerk to cut people off. That's not what I mean. But right. following Christ is costly, yeah. you know, costs you family, costs you friends. It costs you so many things. And so, and um, I think that there's an argument to be made depending on what, you know, uh, I've had drama at, at work with certain people and it's it's very difficult to um to to talk to those people or things that mm-hmm. have happened uh because of like I guess like personal situations where mm-hmm. I've I've wondered like okay where is the line of this is something that needs to happen but this is going to uh, directly affect me at work um and I've gone back and forth with it, but one of the things that I sort of landed on is that in this this specific situation, which I am not going to speak about because it's kind of personal, um, there was also a lot of uh, slip-ups by pastors who mm-hmm. should have taken up the responsibility for that in a leadership role mm-hmm. um, and had conversations that never got ha- never happened and have ca- I personally, I think, have caused a lot of um, issues um, and yeah. it's one of those things that's like, I think it's a little different than him. Cause that, that's like direct stuff where it's like, you don't, you don't go in and become like, like act as one of these people who's torturing dogs in order for like Christ or whatever. It's like, there are mm-hmm. definitely other method methods for that. Right. Yeah. It's like, you don't become the torturer of Christians in order to make Christians. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like that kind of logic. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else really to say about that. I mean, I, I just, I really don't trust this guy. Um, yeah. No, I don't either. It, and it also concerns me because there's a lot of people within bigger uh, congregations, uh, Southern Baptists in particular, that kind of are heralding this guy and have been heralding mm-hmm. him since last year. Um, and it worries me that that continues. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the schism that's occurred in uh, the S- Southern Baptist denomination those who have skizzed away, if you will, <laughs> who have <laughs> well, gone, <now. laughs> out the, <laughs> uh, gone out from the SBC, uh, have been more of the ones that have championed him than anyone sure. I can at least call to mind right now that's still in the SBC, although I know there are plenty mm-hmm. who do. Uh, but yeah, so you want to go on to this next one? Yes, absolutely. So um, COP26 has been going on. We haven't really talked about it much because it's just it's climate stuff. Uh, yeah. you know, you can kind of go look into what they're planning to do. There's a lot of that, like build back better and, uh, all of that going on. But I, this was just like a quick report that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, kind of covering some of that. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play it. Do it. Democracy that's overlapping between yeah. those who are putting measures in place, not just in COVID, but also the optics around COP26 as well. Yeah. We saw the pictures of our great and good and our elite swanking around in various indoor functions in Scotland without masks. And yet they're telling people in Scotland, for instance, to still wear masks indoors to the mask mandates that apply up there. And also vaccine passports come into this. There was a blue zone at COP whereby the elite could get in without showing vaccine passports, but the green zone for the public 
they had to show their papers. It's them and us. And I think that is the thing that's upsetting the public the most. Oh, absolutely. Well, you say it's upsetting the public. I talk about these things all the time. It absolutely infuriates me. And to a certain extent, I sort of welcome it when they do uh, do these things so obviously and they show this is all just theatre for us. You know, it's from G7 Summit onwards. It's for us little people, us mere, us mere virus disease spreaders, uh, as opposed to the great and the good. And yet so many in the public don't seem to be getting angry about this and don't seem to be going, this is all clearly complete nonsense. I mean, Sadiq Khan insisting, oh, you absolutely need to wear a mask on the tube. I was chatting Sadiq Khan. He was about three inches from my face at a party for quite a long time at a Labour Party conference. He didn't seem to have an issue with that at all. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a psychology in this country that we just don't like to make too much of a fuss. Compare that to say what's going on in Italy and France where the anti-vaccine passport marches are getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Not a lot of the media are reporting yeah. on this. No. Well, they do, they, do report on, they do report on a march at COP26, which involves Greta Thunberg, but not marches yes. day in, day out, in virtually every single country around the world that's got these vaccine passports. Speaking um, of... Yeah, well, I know you, you always help publicise those. I always uh, try and do that as well. That's pretty much it. Speaking of all Greta Thunberg... Um, she was singing the uh, <laughs> with the group of uh, oh. uh, anti climate change people. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, uh, yeah. They so there's a um, there's a tune that along the lines of you can stick stick your effing mandate up your a, yes, your arse, um, and it's quite good actually. It's very catchy. Um, yeah. <laughs> She sings along with it. She had no not idea. Realizing she's she had no idea what she's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So COP26, for those of you that don't know, is basically a climate summit. Uh, I think it happens every year. For the elites. Yeah. Uh, the where governments around they, the world. Yeah, where they pretend like they care about stuff. Um, yeah. And I'll give I'll give Greta credit for one thing. Uh, she's not a great advocate, but she does understand what they're doing there and that there it has nothing to do with her i mean i think mm-hmm. I, I had read somewhere that the amount of fuel that was used uh for this event was like double last year's uh and these people are there talking about oh we have to use all of this like new energy and blah 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 and we have to do these things well, and we have to be carbon neutral and then they're like taking their private jets to and from the event and being a but massive that's so that they can continue to do those things oh, David. Yeah, they really uh-huh. care about us and they, it's more important for them what do you think that jeff bezos is gonna fly a commercial airline david he has to have his own <laughs> private plane you yeah. know jesse duplantis Joel Osteen, Kenneth Copeland, they need the private planes because you expect them to fly in commercial class? Come on, David. Yes, absolutely. They should. First class, you know, figure something out. Carpool, that's a thing. That's what us plebs have to do. Um, Anyway, so there's, yeah, there's a lot that's going on with that. And obviously, you know, you have this, uh, this, what was it? Did that, did that, um, infrastructure bill actually get signed. Yes. So yeah, it's like done, it, done. I think. It, I think. I think so. Um, I have I a hard time verified it, but I think it was supposed to today. Okay. The one thing I was going to say, though, about one of the other things I was going to say about that video was that I'm expecting we're going to be watching Critical Drinker live, and then someone's going to from Scotland bust, bust in his house, <laughs> bro. He, yeah, he needs to. <laughs> it's going to be like V for Vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> black bag him. him and smacks him. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I I think he's for the most part he's probably safe because he doesn't really well he makes jokes, 
Um, and Scotland has some pretty pretty strict uh, mm-hmm. laws about that kind of stuff now. I I, I wonder how long he he's going to be there. I'm I'm sure he's thought about like maybe it's time to uh, you know move get it and go be, Im- immigrate to the the u.s uh yeah. i just man i i know some people want to like stick around and fight but like some of that it, at one point do you just go it's it's yeah. time to move on time to uh, cut my losses mm-hmm. unless um, you're a truck driver from new jersey then you stay and fight i was gonna talk about this uh government school thing but i think i'll just save that for next week so we can get into the main topic okay. um it uh yeah so we you know i was kind of asked about this and i wanted to discuss some of the stuff that was going on with the rittenhouse trial um i don't want to talk about the case talk about the case so much yeah Yeah, only because um and i mentioned this to you before we started the show people were pretty much have made up their mind about that um i also sort of find the the whole thing to be uh, trauma-based entertainment for a lot of people, mm-hmm. meaning that a lot of people are watching it with this sort of like, like because it they are afraid and they are looking to have their fears either realized or like subsided. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things that's like, I, I and people actually have found that, I, and I I get it. There are things about this case that are entertaining. I mean, the prosecutor um, is a giant dunce, so I <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Like honestly, I can't imagine that he is going to uh get convicted on any of this unless they get him for some small i and that's the thing is i don't know every little detail of it unless they find some weird small random thing about it because from what i've heard they're trying to throw the book at kyle yeah um and prosecutors typically will stick prosecutors will typically try to throw the book at someone when they realize that there's a significant chance that the more major charges are going to be Mm he's going to be acquitted of I found or I shouldn't say acquitted but found not guilty um so um I was trying to think of of where to to start with all this let me play this super cut from like the media uh this might be a a good place to kind of set it up and then I have another clip because I think one of the more interesting things and this is something that uh people are a little scared to talk about is sort of like the police situation you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the elephant in the room with a lot of people. And I think the guy from Phoenix yeah. Ammunition uh, had uh, kind of a he sums it up in a very, very succinct way that I liked. Uh, so we'll play that in a second. But let me play this. Uh, this is just kind of like a super cut from a lot of the corporate press. Make sure. Yep. Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse. He murdered two people, by the way. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, a vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. I'm not going to take morality lessons from Uh, a 17-year-old kid just running around, shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A white, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, uh, Blue Lives Matter social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. A 17-year-old boy mm. 
who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started uh, shooting people up, including a guy with a skateboard. Kyle. All right, it's, it literally keeps going on for another minute. Um, so I, we don't need to. <laughs> they're going to the keep just saying I, the same thing. The one thing I took from this, David, yeah. is that CNN MSNBC uh, were like, hey, we didn't lose enough money to Covington, kid. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so we need to get sued for defamation yep. again, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, just I people know the whole him crossing state lines thing uh, was like immediately refuted. <sighs> Like, I want to say within the week when they first started saying that, definitely within the month, I want to say. Uh, yeah. He didn't cross so, state lines with the gun and all that crap. Um, uh, just do basic research and Google, you would find that out. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but... That's just to criticize them on the journalism skills. I'm oh, yeah. They, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing that I really want to, to focus on with this is not only... Do they have no clue what happened, right? And this, okay, so this is something I've noticed, and I hope people are like picking up on this when when you hear, especially from like a mainstream or from the quote unquote experts, is that they will give you some sort of like knowledge, or they'll they'll say something, and then they will just say it as fact with no backup. Where, yep. the, where they will they'll say something like, well, it, it's like if I um if I said, well, an AR-15 shoots lasers, and I know that's like crazy but and then everyone just goes mm, yes lasers yeah mm-hmm. they yeah, yeah they shoot lasers and no one goes like wait well where how do you know that where did you get that information from or instead of being like uh well <laughs> you know if it was true be like an ar-15 shoots lasers because of the this technology that's inside of it and here's right. here's evidence of this and uh that, that's not always the best case it's just the first thing that came to my mind but there's Plenty of times where someone will say, I mean, like, it's like we've been talking Kyle about with, Rittenhouse cross state lines. Yeah. But they offer up no here's, evidence. Here's why this is that. the case. Here's why this was bad. Right. And then the, mm-hmm. the one guy goes, uh, the, I, I don't know who that was the in the video, but somebody from MSNBC. And he's like, uh, arguably, he's a domestic terrorist. Yeah. Now, did he say arguably, or I think he called him straight a domestic? No, he said he said argue. He said arguably because uh, okay. you have. Here's the thing: is that they're at least they're idiots. They are. Yes. They are morons. But sometimes they do manage to catch themselves saying arguably, allegedly, mm-hmm. because these are the things that are supposed to help them stay out of trouble. Yeah, but then you have some of them going like straight up. He's a killer. He's a murderer. He's a white supremacist. You yeah. know, uh, going with this this same old uh, narrative that they've been doing for a long time. And here's the thing: I understand, and, and and it's crazy to me to some degree. I understand that people who generally fall on the left, they like to go, "Oh, you just listen to Fox News, blah blah blah." It's like, well, this is the stuff that your side is listening to. MSNBC, Young Turks, CNN, they're the ones that are putting this information out there mm-hmm. as fact, right? People who are supposed to be journalists, right? Right. Um, and though Joy Reid technically is just a commentator as she's one of the she's worst terrible. people. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, her viewer count apparently is like very low. Like she doesn't hit the same kind of numbers as uh, a lot of these other other people do. She was going after... Um, Kyrie Irving recently uh, and just like went on this rant uh, about him and she did the same thing with um, 
uh, the singer lady who did uh, that that was like standing up for everybody was talking about her cousin's uh, testicles. Oh, uh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as you said cousin's testicles, yeah, I knew exactly it just, who yeah, you were. Yeah, clicked. Right. Name of the episode: Cousin Testicles. Um, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. But that'd be funny. Uh, yeah. So I, I I just think this whole like this this specific thing with the uh, the with urinal, urinalism uh, is just very. I, I want to say concerning, but I'm not really concerned about them anymore because I, I don't know who's listening to him. And at this point, yeah. if someone told me they were listening to MSNBC, it's like we have like such a backlog of stuff, including this clip that it's like here. This is what you're talking about. These are the people that you believe over everyone else. Right. And, yeah, I, and it's interesting because you're I think you're going back to your main you, your original point, which I think is the main point mm-hmm. is them presenting things as fact without being challenged on it, saying that, hey, it, it, you got to think this is a 17 year old kid. Yeah, this he is a child. Yeah. No, he's well, a teenager. Was. Yeah, all he's that like, stuff. Yeah. yeah. At the time, though, he was 17. Right. And so. And think about everything they try to portray. They say he crossed state lines and say that as a matter of fact. They say he's a white supremacist and state that as a matter of fact. They say, you know, he's a murderer and state that as a matter of fact. They say he's this and that without providing any sort of evidence to uh, substantiate oh, those claims. Yeah, their claims, so, their claims of him happens, going there to murder people. Yep, like they were specifically and, and, saying that was why he was going there to hurt people, to shoot no, people. Not only that, but they portrayed as well. I don't know if they did in those the clips you showed, but I remember from seeing everything in the corporate press that they portrayed it like he traveled across state lines and like he wasn't even supposed to be in Kenosha. He doesn't know the town. He's not from there and stuff like that. When yeah. it's like his his dad lived there and it is his community. Yeah, it's like it and his mom just happened to live on the. Uh, and- opposing border right there yeah. so it's like come on speaking of bad journalism the only other thing i would add to this specifically because it's been kind of been memeing around a little bit is mm-hmm. the fact that they only seem to care about state lines when it comes to him and not yes the fel- the felon with the the firearm the pedophile um, or with the country's border yeah yeah exactly uh, it's like I thought we were against these this whole border situation. Um, it's very interesting, very interesting. Not to it mention is. that like with two A stuff, um, and thankfully it is kind of moving this way. Uh, and actually, I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this clip. So there might be a little bit of that in there. Um, if not, you can listen to the full thing because I know they talk about it. Uh, but it's it's kind of terrible the way that people who own firearms get treated, especially if you're up in New mm-hmm. Jersey or um, any pretty much anywhere up north or in California. Um, it's, it's kind of the, the worst possible places you could be as far as firearms are concerned. Um, and they throw people in jail. I mean, they're literally just looking for people to throw in jail because they're carrying a firearm uh, illegally in a state, even if it's on accident. Um, yeah, so I want to play this clip. This is, um, oh, I wrote this guy's name down, Joseph. Um, Anyway, he's the founder of Phoenix Ammunition. He was on Tim Pool's show uh, recently, and I, you know, I don't always like really enjoy the content that Tim puts out. Uh, but this guy really had like a succinct point that he was making, um, and I wanted to discuss this for the last few minutes of the show because it's it's really interesting, and I think it. I, I think people need to start being a little more honest about beliefs that they have, partially just because I think their camp felt that way uh, and this mm. obviously this deals with police in particular um, and the rights sort of um, like marriage to it like you almost can't be Republican 
and not be like a big supporter of police. Uh, but this yeah, right. the the guy at Phoenix, you know, he's said he voted for Trump. He his website. Uh, he asked on his website if you voted for Biden, and if you said yes, uh, he would block you from. <laughs> getting on his website to buy ammunition um so very hardcore in that camp and he he seems to be kind of changing his mind about that so i'm gonna let him speak for himself and then we'll talk about it for a second if i can remember to actually unmute this stuff tonight i promise i'm getting there almost there almost there here we go. i'm gonna go on a bit of a anti-police i'm gonna put my michael malice hat on oh, for him all right even though he's still blocked me on twitter oh he did yeah <laughs> that's a long story anyway um i'm gonna put my anti-police hat on for a minute and i have to say i've become much more disenfranchised over the last two years than than probably ever before so there was something kind of sick about seeing those cops um, testifying for the prosecution, sitting on the prosecution's side, knowing full well that those guys sat on their hands and didn't do a thing while Kenosha was on fire. And yep. whether you think he should have been there or not, I would argue a 17-year-old kid shouldn't have put himself in that situation. Agreed. Um, he put himself there because he saw that the supposed adults in the room weren't doing anything. And, you know, as time has gone on, we've seen through the COVID lockdowns that this, you know, people have always argued, well, the cops will be on our side when, you know, whatever the big igloo happens and society collapses, uh, they're all going to rally around us. And I used to think that, I, I mean, I was maybe like 80% in that camp and I, I think I'm basically 0% in that camp at this point in time. I mean, I think, they uh, will I put think... you in jail. They will arrest you for carrying a concealed weapon, even though, you know, like there is no such thing as a police officer making, you know, you get pulled over for being 10 miles over the speed limit and they can let you off with a warning. If they pull you over in New Jersey for having a loaded handgun, you're not getting let go under any circumstances. It's just never going to happen. And so like at some point we have to look at this and say, um, you guys are willing to overlook the guy who had a joint in his ashtray, but you're not willing to overlook something that is a constitutionally protected right. Who do we need to start holding responsible for this? I'm sorry. I'm not going to donate to your benevolent police fund. I'm not going to answer the call from the fraternal order of police it's anymore. Uh, sorry, but guess what? You know, we supply to to the citizenry, to the American people. And just because you're a police officer doesn't mean that I should go out of my way to make sure that I cater to your whims because you guys certainly aren't doing us any favors. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm going to stop it right there because yeah, I think that's good. Um, yeah. I'd... <laughs> but this speaks for itself. I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that because I completely agree. Yeah. I've been trying to tell people that as well. Yeah. I, there's two things and I wish I was, I'm trying to be a lot better about uh, being to the point with some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's two points. Um, they're really not there to protect. Uh, I, I've always kind of thought that, uh, well, I say always. I would say with within the last like three-ish years, um, it's been something that I've been struggling with a lot um, because a lot of the people that I, 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 I'll say admire, but people who um, have been pretty influential 
for the last three years or so, a lot of them are mm-hmm. very anti-police. And I was always like, kind of like, okay, I, I sort of see their point, but it was something that was really uncomfortable with for a while. Um, and then the lockdown. Because you're thinking about the good cop. You're yeah. thinking about the, some of the good cops, maybe even the ones that you mm-hmm. you met and everything. Yeah, but. one of the girls that I work with, her husband is a cop, and he's a good he's a good guy. I mean, he's yeah, and he's pretty quiet or whatever. But like, no reason to believe. And of course, I I one of the arguments that I have is that you know I lived in Atlanta, so cops in Atlanta are a lot different than they are in the mountains of mm-hmm. of Asheville um, for the most part. Uh, but. The point being is that they don't protect. That's not their job generally, and unless they're specifically hired to protect a person, right? Um, so, like, we have cops occasionally at church, and the thing that I, I try to argue is that they're not there to protect you. It's like they're there to protect the pastor. It's like if someone comes in and he's trying to, like, hurt a bunch of people, it was like they they might get to him to protect uh, the pastor. Uh, your collateral damage like mm. they're, they they are not there to protect you, right? Um, I actually generally feel kind of uncomfortable with the cops there, um, considering my general status uh, in most places I go nowadays. Um, right. I uh, the other the other thing that I, I try to argue with people if I remember uh, is that their first job is to enforce laws. That's what they're yep. paid. That's what they're paid to do is to enforce laws. So, so the you, teeth of the government. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, uh, with that being the case, they also will directly listen to their people because they want to keep their job. Mm-hmm. So with this whole Kenosha thing, they're not going out there. Um, and I think we'll probably talk about this a little more next week because, like I said, I want to talk about the family thing, and I maybe want to go in a little bit more into detail about the fact that a seventeen-year-old is, you know, sitting in trial right now for some for like adults not being in the room, as uh, yep. as he was saying. Um, but yeah, they're there to enforce laws, and if the law is right, like if if you lived in a state, right, and all of a sudden the law became uh, you were required to get the poke. Like it is mm-hmm. written into law in the state of like New York, because that's more than likely the first place that it would happen. Who do you think the police are going to be on the side of? Who are you? What do you think they're going to do? Yeah. Right. And not only think about it this way. Say there Look are in Australia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that. It, plenty. It, I remember one cop saying like was recorded saying, I just don't have any other skills. There's nothing else I know how mm-hmm. to do. And so that's why I have to stay here. And it's, you know, justifying it and bringing reason in your head to do terrible things yes and the the last thing i'll say um and then i'll let you say anything else and then we'll close out but if if something like that was to happen right you would have a lot of cops cops leave right you would have the quote-unquote good cops leave Leave. more than likely and who are you left with exactly that that, i mean that's it and and i know i've gotten this today but go ahead i was like i got it today it's like but people need to like maybe just start thinking about it a little bit more. Yep. That's it. You know, the, and, and because, you know, people will argue like, well, they'll come if uh, my house gets robbed. It's like, well, the average time for a nine, for a nine one one call for response is 10 minutes in the U S and that's an eternity. Yeah. Three minutes is people? an eternity. Yep. When you're in a situation like that, mm-hmm. three minutes is an, a minute is an eternity feels like. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't take that long, especially if someone's coming into your house to hurt you and you're like, oh, I'll call 911. I'm like, someone's coming into your house to hurt you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't you're going to take the time to get your phone out and try to dial and then try to talk to someone while you're panicking. It's just I don't know. I I don't know. I, I just don't buy it. 
I don't think yeah. the arguments are there for for why uh, they need to be anything more than like uh, paid like hired help to deal with uh, accident reports and potential investigations and not shooting your dog. Yeah, I, right. Anyway, I don't I don't want to stick on the subject too long. We talk about it all the time um, and, and we're over by uh, a couple minutes. So unless you have anything else to say, we will close out. No, that's perfect spot. Isn't it? Awesome. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, to this episode of The Underground. We will be back on Thursday with our entertainment episode. Uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, so uh, we will see you then. Till then, take it easy. See ya. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial-up looking for answers. Now what underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave for you or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather, control. Your whole life, man, you gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.